to the Doula Dispensary, the podcast prescribing a weekly dose of all things doula. The dilemmas discussed are made-up scenarios, and any resemblance to actual persons or events are purely coincidental. Please welcome your hosts, Siobhan and myself, Kiki. Hello, Siobhan. Hello, Kiki. <laughs> and and well, hello to all our listeners. Yes, welcome to episode number 44, All the Fours. Yeah, bingo. Castle, whatever <laughs> it is they used to shout. I know, that's it. So we are here on a very, very hot summer's day in the UK today. Isn't it lovely? Gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And I was in the lake at seven o'clock this morning. Oh. Was it oh, nice? it was so nice, so lovely. There's nothing like a bit of sunshine, is there, to make you feel good? I know it just changes the whole world. It's absolutely wonderful. What else did you get up to today or this week? Last week, what have you been doing? Last well, last week it was my wedding anniversary. Uh, not that we did anything because obviously you can't go anywhere. So um, yeah, that was a bit uneventful. Had a takeaway. That was it. Um, yeah. And, and then uh, I've been doing some antenatals in people's gardens, which has been nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just back from one now. Um, yeah, sitting in their gardens doing the antenatals. So that's been good. What about you? You've had a course, haven't you? An online course. I did. So I had a virtual course. I mean, it's online, but I'd like to say it's virtual oh, yeah. because it's, it's a difference. We are actually all together the full days yes. virtually. So yeah, that went really, that was lovely. It was some lovely, lovely women as always on the birth of this doula course. And we had, we got, it's really weird how you can really connect and get to know each other. It was really, really, really lovely week. Um, I also had my wedding anniversary. Oh, did you? Yes, on Sunday, oh. on Father's Day, the same day as was our wedding anniversary. And we so you you got married the day after me, then? Yes, Midsummer's Day. It is. It was Midsummer, Sweden, big holiday, Midsummer in Sweden. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, I got married on the twentieth. So you got married on the twenty-first. Yes. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So, how long have you been married? Married. Uh, 17 years together, 27 though. Jesus. That's wow. I've been yeah. married. Well, you've been married forever, haven't you? Well, we're married, married for 23 <laughs> years, but we've been together for 33 years. Jesus. How old were you when you started dating? <laughs> I was 12. 16. Sweet 16. <laughs> 16. Yes. Oh dear, can you believe it? Anyway, that's enough for us reminiscing <laughs> about our wedding days that we didn't even celebrate. I know. Anyway. God. Anyway, should we crack on with the show? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. So now it's time for... Do la dilemma. We really should record that. Like, as in, do a jingle. Yeah, I think we might not have to do this much longer, though. Maybe you can come and see me soon. Anyway, let me read this week's doula dilemma. A postnatal doula has been asked to implement a rather strict routine with a six-week-old baby. She feels uncomfortable about this and is not quite sure how to deal with the situation. 
Hmm. Interesting dilemma. Yes. What would you do, Kiki? Oh gosh, how quick were you there? You know, there's a there's a lag on this Zoom call, so I wasn't ready for that. I was reading your face, and it wasn't it wasn't registering yeah. anything. There you go. Do you know what is that is tricky, isn't it? You know, I've been in situations as a postnatal doula when when a, uh, a new mama said to me, oh, I'd like to follow this routine in this book. And, and we got to a point where it might not be working. For example, the baby is crying, the mom is nearly crying. And I usually turn around and say, what, what do you actually feel like doing rather than looking at the book? And we go from there. So whilst some might say straight away, I wouldn't do it. A six week old baby is far too young and they're developmentally they're too young for any kind of sleep routine or strict routine whatever the routine is going to be because they are they are you know big massive changes start happening after three months but even then you might question what a strict routine entails so I think in this case I might have a conversation with the mum just to find out what it is that she's hoping to achieve. You know, why is it that she wants to implement a, a strict routine? What, what is that coming from? Or why is she wanting to do it? And then see if she's open to maybe thinking of, or if there's other things we can do. Maybe it's her expectations, you know, her expectations of what a six-week-old baby is able to or capable of doing might be way out from what the reality is what about you Siobhan what would you do yeah it is a difficult one um I think like always as doulas it's important to make sure the parents have got all the information first before they make a decision so I might sort of suggest that they might want to look at something on the other end of the spectrum and then perhaps a combination of the two might bring them to something that's maybe a little bit more gentle and a little bit more in tune with the physiological needs and responses of a baby. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, a lot of these regimes, I mean, the, the, the key goal is, isn't it, of everybody, they just want to sleep. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that should be like day one of... Well, even before you're antenatal, because once you're pregnant, it's too late. You should probably have to sign a disclaimer before you get pregnant to (laughs) say that you understand babies are not meant to sleep for eight hours straight. Exactly. I think there's a lot to do with education. Like when we're kids, you know, we still, at school, there's still not enough education around childbirth, baby development, what to expect from a baby breastfeeding, menopause, all those things that we don't learn absolutely. Well, what we learn is not very good. Um, And I I have to say, when you look at how many routines and kind of mad regimes, as you say, are not rooted in any kind of evidence. It's just literally some person that says, I think based on my experience, this is what I think you should be doing. I mean, I I think that's absolutely shocking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, completely. But yeah, as doulas, it is a case of just, uh, you know, making sure that the parents have got all the information because actually if, if they've just been handed this book 
and they go, oh, right, okay. So it worked for my friends, something that's a bit more gentler, but they just, just didn't know it was out there. So, yeah, I think definitely um, offer them some alternatives to read up on yeah, and see if maybe some sort of some middle ground can be found. Yeah, I think something like the holistic sleep coach, like Lindsay Hookway's got some really, really good, all based in evidence. There's Basis, Basis, the website. Yeah. Based around sleep. And uh, Sarah Ockwell-Smith is exactly. another good one. Exactly. So, when, and actually when you look at the data, the research, the actual um, evidence behind many of these stricter kind of routines, it often leads to more postnatal illness in the mum. Yeah. Uh, and, and also what, what happens to the baby? Who knows? You know, we, we, I don't think there's any follow-up studies. <laughs> well, I suppose you've got to wonder, you know, maybe children that have separation issues, um, you know, what was, what was their routines like as small babies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's always the misunderstanding that when a baby or a child is clingy, that for some reason you haven't done, you, you know, you got that the child isn't very secure. When actually it's the opposite. When you look at attachment theory, yeah, the clingy child is actually the, uh, you know, who's got far. Yeah, they're far more in- independent adults, aren't they? Exactly, because they have secure attachment. They yeah. just don't like saying goodbye to you while well, the children that don't seem to care. I'm not saying that that's not always true. This is generally speaking, of course, it's yeah. one is the one and one is the other. But it's a misconception to think that to raise independent children, you have to like ignore them when they cry. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, a baby of that age, six weeks, they don't learn to self-soothe. They just learn that there's no point crying because nobody's going to come. Yeah, and, and that's really sad. That I is know. so sad. But self-soothing in itself is just a made-up term, isn't it? it it's just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, well, we, we have the babies that are self-soothers. So those babies that are able to go back to sleep and then the others that are called signalers who sing yes. and can't go, they wake up and can't go back to sleep. And that's really interesting when, when parents start understanding that what kind of a baby they have. Um, and that that's just how it is basically yeah so just to answer that doula's dilemma um maybe just offer some you know alternative um uh what's the word uh not programs solutions or some solutions yeah i think also yeah Finding out why, what is the motivation behind this? Why, why do the parents want to do this? You know, or my best friend said it was a good idea or is it, you know, what is it that they are worried about or what is there a problem, which isn't really a problem that they think they can fix or just kind of having that conversation. But as I said, I've supported parents and gradually they've realized that actually they do not want to do the routine and only because I'm there, they can look at me and say this doesn't feel right and then I say well you know maybe it's not maybe the baby didn't read the book and then the, the, yeah. parents, the parents actually then start realizing that there's other alternatives so yeah it's a tricky one but hopefully that's given everyone some food for thought Ba-da-ba-da-ba.
Okay, so now it's time for, drum roll, question time. And this week's question comes from Julianne. Hi, Siobhan and Kiki. It's uh, Julianne here from Aylesbury. Loving the podcast. I really enjoy listening. And I've recently trained as a doula and I would really like to get things up and running. What are your top tips for a new doula? Thanks. Right. So there we go. There's this week's question. Um, So, yeah, recently trained as a doula. So, Kiki, what would your top tips be for someone who's recently trained? Well, congratulations and joining the club. This is wonderful that you've become a doula. Top tips, number one, after you've completed your doula training, I think you should look at perhaps getting listed somewhere with your doula services. Now, it depends who you have trained with, where you can get listed, but many doula training organizations offers a doula, find a doula list. Um, And I would also before I hand over to Siobhan, who I'm sure has got some top, top tips, I would also get in touch with the local doulas in your area and I would offer to buy them a cup of tea or coffee. I think we've said this in many other episodes and take them out, which we can do now very soon here in the UK and ask them how they find the work, you know, as in how is it going? How 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 does the doula situation look in their area and uh, go from there? I would definitely start doing some networking and I will put doulas on the top of my list. Yeah, I was going to say that, but you stole it. I would also say if you haven't worked as self-employed before, then one of the first things you need to do is get yourself registered with those lovely brown letters will soon come flooding through your door. Um, also I'd say, you know, get your, get a website. Uh, people like to look at websites. I, I think, I do believe that they do like to click through to a website. Um, as Kiki says, get yourself on some, you know, a doula directory of some sort and make sure you get somebody else to proofread your profile just to make sure it reads well. You've got a current picture of yourself. Um, try and become a bit familiar with social media, uh, unless you already are, which would be really handy. Um, and you know, start promoting yourself on there. Um, and just get out there and just start doing it. Don't wait till you've done all those things. Just do them as you're going because there will never be a right time. So do everything at once and just get going. I think that's really good that bit because so many doulas or any self-employed person will do a course and then it's like, oh, once I've got everything ready, then I'll go out there and start offering my services. I would say the moment you complete your doula course, get your services out there because yeah. you will always be working to make your website better, your social media content better. There will always be it's ongoing work. That's part of running your business. Running your business is not just doing your doula work. It's also actually making your business look really good and professional. And that's something we really offer a lot of support with here at the Birth Biz Academy. We really try to make sure you're not only becoming a really good doula, you also become a really good business owner yeah absolutely and that is key isn't it is to making sure that you can 
I mean, you know, as lovely as it is working with babies and birth and women, um, you know, you are, you are running a business. You are a self-employed person. And so, yeah, all of that side of it needs to be done as well. Um, and it's really important that you get the right support with that as well. So hopefully, um, Julianne, that's helped you. But I'm sure you're going to make a wonderful doula. Yes, and do get in touch and let us know how you get on. The Doula Dose, your weekly dose of doula. So thank you very much, Annabelle. And it's time for this week's Doula Dose. Dose of doula. So what are we going to talk about today, Siobhan? So today, Kiki, we're going to talk about MVPs, Maternity Voices Partnership, through COVID. Yes. Is there anything in particular you'd like to mention? <laughs> I, well, thought, what, I think what we want to talk about is that during COVID, a lot of MVPs seem to have taken over a lot of social media communications from the trusts to all the women that have been worried and scared and thinking about what their situation and experience going to be like. Am I right? Mm. Yeah. I mean, obviously MVPs, a lot of MVPs, very active ones, will have their own Facebook pages. Yes. But they do seem to have become the, uh, the mouthpiece, if that, or for want of a better word, for the trusts, when actually the trusts are the ones that should be saying, this is what we're doing. Okay. Can you give some examples? Like what, what have you seen? Because I've seen a few things where, you know, uh, women have voiced their sadness or their worries or questioning why aren't things changing now? Because it's changed at this trust. So why are you not changing things? And then often it looks like you get quite, um, I don't know what to call it. Maybe not supportive response, but quite a defensive response sometimes. Um, I think the, I think the problem with some MVP um, Facebook groups is that the responses are we this and we that when actually the MVP yes it's a partnership but it sits independently of the trust it's not a we it should be the the the, the terms being used should be the trust is mm-hmm. not we because the MVP is independent of it. So I can see why the women are getting quite frustrated because the wording from some MVPs make it sound like it's almost a state, well, it's a statement coming from the trust. And then when you ask, is this a statement from the trust? They say, no, it's not. It's a bit, I just think it's a bit confusing. Yes, I guess some MVPs, maybe they get, so it's meant to be lay people, right, on the MVP. So you have lay people, users, uh, user reps like doulas, for example, but and users, mums and dads, and people that use the services, and then you also have the medical um, side of things from that maternity unit often should join. But I guess sometimes maybe the lines get a bit blurry for the users and user reps, so they actually start thinking that they need to support the maternity unit rather than support the maternity unit more than supporting the actual women and people that are coming through to maternity services is that that's the kind of feeling I'm getting sometimes yeah I think it's you know I mean obviously it's great to be posting lots of positive stories coming out of the hospitals of course that's important but I, I don't think when a woman is commenting that she should be shut down 
because her comment is not a positive one. Um, all feedback is relevant, good and bad. You know, the good, the bad and the ugly. You have to take it all. Um, and that's, I just think that's a little bit concerning. I mean, I just, you know, I've, I've, I've just witnessed the most horrendous uh, post on, on an MVP page. Um, a poor woman pouring her heart out about how she felt. And a response she got, not from the MVP, uh, was from uh, a Facebook user, a really awful response. And it turns out this woman is a midwife at the trust. Oh, dear. I mean, isn't that just awful? Um, And the post was just taken down. Okay. So deleted to get rid of it. It was deleted. Yeah, it was just deleted so that it's as if it never existed. Which kind of which kind of suggests that some wrongdoing, I guess, when when people delete posts or, I, I mean, I think it's you're right though. If anyone deletes post or comments on negative comments and say something negative back, as in I can't believe you'd say that, and you know it's really difficult for maternity units right now. We we do understand all that, but that still doesn't mean women can't express how they feel and this is part of that bigger picture of saying you know your baby's alive you're alive so what have you got to to complain about you know when many women after birth experiences or going into birth experiences they really have a lot of of fear and issues based on their previous experience uh, and I think all those feelings should be validated. No one's feelings should just be dismissed as this. It's unfair to say that because of the current situation. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, you know, there is the argument that Facebook is not the place for it. Um, but at the same time, uh, the Facebook is also not the place to sugarcoat things when actually that's not the reality. Mm. Um, so you know, which which is it? Yeah, <laughs> you need to find a balance. Yes, you're right. And I and, and do also think that, that the whole discussion here as well about, you know, we've just been told today in the UK that we're going to be able to move the social distance into one meter. Um, everything is meant to be back to what as normal as it can from 4th of July, was it, am I right? Um, yeah, so from the 4th of July, you can go and have your hair cut, but your partner cannot come to a scan to see his, his unborn child. Exactly, which is, you know, understandably a bit frustrating for many, but also when some trusts actually have changed their well, I mean, Chelsea and what big up to Chelsea and Westminster. Yes. I tell you what, if ever there was a gold standard of maternity care and also MVP, Chelsea and Westminster, hands down. I mean, the communication that has come from that trust has been absolutely fantastic Mm -hmm. from both the trust and the MVP. You know, the MVP have had Facebook Lives bringing on, you know, members of staff. It's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah, really. Um, Now, and they, they, you know, they've made lots of alterations to their guidelines. Um, So I it just you know it, it it doesn't make sense all all you keep getting from other trusts is oh we, we you know we're constantly reviewing what are you reviewing exactly what are you reviewing yeah and, and why why do some have these guidelines and others not and why do some trusts say oh in line with other trusts but only it just doesn't it should be in line with the guidelines shouldn't it not with other trusts it should be in line with 
the RCM and RCOG's recommendations as well as the government's recommendations, surely, not look at what other trusts are doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's not. Mm. Um, and I think this is the trouble that, you know, yes, COVID was unprecedented, that bloody word, um, and, you know, unknown, but, you know, we are, what, 13 weeks down the line now. Mm-hmm. Um, and guidelines are, you know, restrictions are being lifted. So it's enough, enough of, you know, just rolling back and accepting things now. Mm-hmm. You know, people need to start making some noise. Yeah. And, and will we roll back to how things were as quickly as we you know, changed everything. That's that. I guess that's a lot of worries for a lot of parents and maybe even a lot of doulas thinking, you know, what, what is doula support going to look like in the future? Will the NHS remove this one birth partner uh, as quickly as they put it in place? Of course they won't. Of course they won't. Trust work. They will not implement going back as quickly as they enforce things. No. 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 Uh, Well, I think that's yeah a concern. We would love to hear from your doulas out there and anyone from MVPs, what was working in your trust. Let us get in touch. As you know, you can email us at thedoulardispensary at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and you can send us messages there or WhatsApp. But it's, yeah, let's hope that things safely starts moving back in the right direction and that uh, women get and birthing people get the support they need when they have their babies and afterwards yeah but I just hope anyone listening to this that sits on an MVP you know the one thing to remember is that you are there representing the women you are not there to become best friends with the head of midwifery yeah I agree you know you are there representing the women that use the service so you have to hold your trust accountable for their actions you have to keep questioning why 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 yes and not say oh yes of course we understand what we that we all must be doing what you're telling us that should not be the answer no absolutely not so we'll get off our soapboxes, yeah, shall let's, we? Let's do that. But that, that's this week's Dose of Doula. So we've come to the end of the show show. What yeah. are you up to next week, Kiki? Oh, do you really want to know? <laughs> God, what is it? Don't tell me. Is it another doula course? Yay! I've got another doula course. I'm really looking forward to it. So I've got another virtual doula course due to popular demand. And this one, I think, are all from the UK as well, but across the UK. So from the north to the west to the east to the south. So I'm really... Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, actually, I do think I have someone from Europe as well. I did send a box out to a European country. So, yeah. that's brilliant that's really good what about you what are you up to oh I don't know I'll have to go and see if I can find myself a job down at Tesco's maybe at this rate oh Oh. (laughs) um next week what am I doing um I do you know what I have no idea actually no idea you better look at your diary and see what you've been putting in there swimming in lakes I guess again yeah oh actually now I'm doing some postnatal I've just remembered oh 
There you go. I am. I'm wor- I'm actually going to work. That's going to feel very weird. No, I have been doing obviously some antenatals and stuff, but just not as, you know, run off my feet and as busy as normal. But yes, actually I'm back doing postnatal work next week. I forgot about that. Oh, that's I better I better remember to look at my work diary from yes, now on. Yes, after after thirteen weeks, I'm not even taking a glance at what's in. Oh my god! I tell you, I've absolutely loved this old housewife stuff. It's been amazing. I've never been a housewife before. You see, oh, it's lovely. If if you if you can be a housewife, uh, it's hard work, a lot of of hours, but also it's more in your own at your own pace. A lot of the work. Whilst when you work in like... When you work, you're a housewife and you work. Yes, that's true. It's, it's no easier. No, so that, that's maybe why it feels so nice to be a housewife because that's all you do. When you can focus on just one thing, then it's you know, it, nice. It's just like the stress levels are... You know, it's, I really am loving lockdown life. I'm going to miss it when it's over. No, my, my kids are about to go mad this week. They are just borderline cr- going going off. <laughs> oh, my God. If I was their age, I probably, yeah, I think I'd have topped myself by yeah, now. Exactly. No no clubs, no pubs, no going, oh, not doing awful. anything. Not even going out for a meal anyway. You, can't even, you couldn't even get McDonald's for a few weeks. You know, that was, <laughs> that was just yeah. the end of the world and other burger chains do exist (laughs) other burger chains are available yeah (laughs) yeah no I think if I was their age I definitely would have gone up the wall but at my age (laughs) I've enjoyed some lovely walks I've enjoyed being able to swim in the daytime and oh yeah not having to run and pick people up from different places and Mm. yeah I, I, I uh, uh, you know, coronavirus has got some positives. Of course it does. But anyway, I guess we should be catching up again next week then. And until then, see, see you next Listeners should always do their own due diligence on any information perceived from these discussions to form their own opinions and best judgments. In preparing this podcast, we have endeavoured to offer current, correct and clearly expressed information aimed at our audience. However, we make no claims that the information will be accurate, complete or current at all times, and we accept no liability for any reliance placed by any person on this information. We make no representations or warranties of any kind about the suitability, reliability, timeliness and accuracy of the information contained herein. Thank you.